Welcome to Layout, a weekly podcast about design, technology, and everything else. Our main topic for this week is the importance of content strategy in design. that like gives me hope about all these like shitty internet connections that sometimes we do it's like we're recording you know our ends locally mm-hmm. so no matter how bad the connection is what like we still sound coherent and then i'll just have to stitch it all together right. in editing but i'm telling you man your internet's feel... better <laughs> it's better that is not no yes. wait so... we have so many problems usually no it's fine uh hey let me just finish this macgyver i forgot <laughs> I think I can do so, this. So, okay, for the listeners, Rafa's now attempting to, like, tape his mic on a lamp <laughs> to use it as a mic stand. So, this is great. This is this is the kind of stuff that we do for you guys. <laughs> this is how much we uh, we care about the show and try to make it happen every week. So, This is also great audio, audio content. content. Yeah, I'm running out of stuff to describe. Uh, so, uh, Rafa, why are you? Why don't you just use your regular old mic stand? Because I'm not home. Um, I am in a hotel room in um, it's the Student Hotel in Amsterdam. By the way, Femke recommended this place. This is an amazing. This is an amazing hotel. Probably my favorite hotel. What? Not the best, but my favorite. It's crazy. It, this hotel is crazy. I'm not gonna go into detail because, by the way, this mic stand. Wait, but I'm curious home. now. It just keeps falling. Whoa! It looks. Like- it looks awesome. No, it looks amazing. It looks awesome. Uh, it's very trendy. The graphic design of everything, like every single little thing looks like it's custom made, branded, like the soap, uh, you know, <laughs> the the like shampoo and, and body wash uh, dispensers, uh, like the towels, all the signage. It's very like, it's, it's very bold, the interior design as well, interior the decor. Um, a lot of like black, and like with yellow accents mm-hmm. everywhere for some reason, um, amazing. Uh, I love it, and and it's not. It's like it's pretty affordable. It's not like the cheapest place you can get, but it's like it's really affordable. Way like cheaper than a good hotel. Oh room wow, anywhere. yes, and this is a it very is good, way cheaper. Nice hotel room. Yeah, don't do. By the way, I just learned don't do Airbnb in Amsterdam Ugh. ever. You uh, just learned that? Well, I learned uh, at Framer Loop. I learned it a hard way. Yeah, 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 I did. Uh, <laughs> we never talked about this on the show. I don't know. I feel like maybe we shouldn't talk about it because then it'll just be negative. Yeah, don't don't be an old person, Kevin, well, ranting, yelling at clouds. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but uh, anyways, By if you clouds, work for Airbnb man. and want to hear about my horror stories, <laughs> you can find my email. <laughs> I will be happy to tell you way more than you want to know <laughs> about this. Uh so yes you tweeted you tweeted at length about this yeah right? i okay. tweeted a bunch of it um right i can add more color in person though i get really riled up when i <laughs> tell the story <laughs> it's it's funny now because every time i travel people ask me about it so uh stay tuned for the special episode bonus Sorry. episode yeah kevin rants oh, that'd be such a good show um anyway <laughs> <laughs> so okay so you're in amsterdam mm-hmm. uh so you're kind of looking at apartments is that right that is correct so last show i announced officially 
that I would be moving to Amsterdam. And so, as you may imagine, like the the logistics of moving to a different country, it's always tricky, right? Uh, especially like if you don't have a place. Mm, I was about to, stay. to ask about that. To be honest, like that seems like uh, a tricky yeah. situation to like plan everything out so that like you find the place you're like moving you're indeed renting out i guess like your other apartments like moving must be crazy like i don't know this is this must be a pain yeah also we're moving with a cat which is going to be Ooh. another thing a new thing but uh yeah oof uh, I love you, Zoe. Uh, she's my Wait, what do you anyway, mean? Um, like, shout what do you out mean? Zoe. She's gonna survive this move, right? <laughs> You're like, I love her, but like, <laughs> who knows what's gonna happen in the transport of this cat? <laughs> she's coming with us because we love her so much. Well, uh, hopefully, but it, it does make things trickier. But anyway, so initially, our our initial plan was like, oh, we'll just pack our bags, fly, and maybe stay at a hotel room or Airbnb or something, and look for an apartment, I guess while we stay like temporarily somewhere else um but this also brings a couple other issues and things we have to uh deal with like for example staying at a airbnb or like a hotel room especially with a cat and stuff not ideal uh and then you can't leave really the cat somewhere right um and then also i thought well let's just leave the cat with like with one of our parents or something move and then eventually go back to get her but that's like a lot, a lot of flying back and forth so, since I work remotely in whatever, I, I have, um, you know, I'm mobile. I'm, I'm free to be wherever I want to be. <laughs> uh, I was like, all right, so you know what? I'll just, I'll go in. I'm going to go to Amsterdam. I'm going to look uh, for an apartment for us. And then I'll come back. And then we were ready to move when we, when we want, when we can. So was there so was there a conversation I'm in, I'm in with uh, you and your girlfriend of who would go get to go and decide on the apartment? Uh, no, the, she was like, no, yeah, no, you go because she can't go. Like she can't come because she, you know, uh, she oh, has a work. job right. <laughs> like, at, uh, a, okay. at a location. So you're sending lots of pictures. So she's like, no, you go. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm not making the like decision by myself. Um, she's she's in. On this. <laughs> nice <laughs> but anyway so i gotta say that this is this is actually very stressful because you know it's still even though i can you know work from pretty much anywhere it's still expensive to be in a hotel room mm. for like a long-ish period of time yeah and this is not a cheap city by any means um so i have this pressure of hey find an apartment quick so fast. wait how long uh, are you <laughs> planning on staying in Amsterdam for for this? No idea. I haven't booked a flight back. Okay, so you're so you're staying until you find an apartment. Wow. Yes. Okay. But the good news is, you know, I I already have a couple apartments in mind. Uh, by the time people are listening to this, maybe I've you know I've signed um, a contract uh, on an apartment. Who knows? But like things are things are looking good. But you never know until you actually you know have the keys in your hand so yeah uh in the meantime right now like it's it's one hour later than in portugal time zones so this it's like it's pretty late mm. right now and uh not gonna lie i had dinner with uh, ryan mcleod shout out ryan name dropping um, had a couple um yeah <laughs> i had with my you know my famous friends um black box ryan uh and i may have a cocktail earlier <laughs> who knows so is this like official uh the first layout holiday party Ooh. no it's not i'm good i'm fine show's just gonna Hi. be better so yeah 
<laughs> I think so. So what are your criteria for apartments? Uh, it needs to be, like, location is very important to us. Because mm-hmm. like, we don't plan to stay forever in Amsterdam. And we, like, we, d- we never lived here. So, you know, one of the things that we're looking forward to the most of actually living here is to, you know, see and discover the city and, you know, get to see the city. So if we could like by by getting an apartment kind of like far removed a bit from the center we would probably just ended up like not really moving much or like exploring much um so mm-hmm. location is like the first thing and and then we need to have like two bedrooms so one bedroom for us and something that we could use as an office cuz I don't know. Right. I don't know. Like, if we eventually uh, rent a co-working space or whatever, but like for the time being, the plan is uh, we're both going to work from home. So you know, I'm going to spend a lot of time mm, also okay. working, yeah. especially at night. So and like, I have a lot of calls and I do like crazy podcasts and stuff. Ugh. So I need like a, I need like a door. I can just be talking out loud, and the rest of the apartment <laughs> like can't make a sound because I'm recording. Uh, so anyway, th- I feel that's the only two things that I need. And yeah. Cool. Awesome. Cool. Well, hopefully you find something soon. Thank you. Yeah. It's looking good. It's looking good. I don't want to jinx it, but maybe I just did. <laughs> <laughs> nice. What about you? How was um, your week? It's pretty good. I'm standing right now. Um this is different. I don't know. I think this is better. Oh yeah. Do you do you this. usually stand? I usually do. These? Well it depends if I just said I, I know this sounds counterproductive, but if I'm very tired, I stand. Ah, uh, okay. To, to like get like, your energy wake going. Wake me up. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Get the blood right. flowing. Okay. <laughs> so usually I do stand. Right. I was just starting to get some neck pains like this afternoon, so I was hmm. I was like, ah, I'm going to I'm just going to stand. It's going to be better for my posture. Um so my week was great. Uh I've put a lot of effort into Montreal Design Club uh this week. It was kind of this funny weird week where um I was meeting lots of people, like lots of people who like reach out to us, um, like potential speakers, like people interested in collaborating. Um, and it was funny because there's this guy who owns a coffee shop Whoa. Um, who just That's like cool. messaged us. Uh, and it was like, and it's this really cool, like designery coffee shop. And he's like, hey, like I've heard of your event. Like this sounds really cool. I'd love to see how we can collaborate. Um so if you want, like, maybe we can meet up, um, we can like come by like the, the cafe and everything. So we're like, cool, perfect. So we go, we meet there and we meet him, we meet his wife. He introduces to like this guy who randomly is there, which is the founder of like a, an app that I actually use <laughs> like fairly frequently. Um, that's like a coffee shop finder type app. Uh, it's pretty good. It's called Third Wave. Um, I don't know if it's available in all countries, but uh, pretty, pretty good. Uh, anyways, so we talked to him and everything. He's nice. Um, and then that's that's that. You know, we eventually leave. We're like, oh, maybe we'll do something. Whatever. Uh, and then like two days later, <laughs> um, I discovered that he's this guy is actually a rapper. <laughs> Whoa. Um, so he owns this coffee shop, but he's also a rapper. He's the um, coolest and, dude, and not ever. like a super. Yeah, and it, it, he's not like a super well-known rapper, but like a well-known enough. Like I know a couple of his songs. Wow, really? <laughs> and it's so strange. Yeah, 
Um, so yeah, that was kind of a weird moment. I was like, oh my god, uh, this is so <laughs> weird. Um, and then another thing that happened related to Montreal Design Club is that um, we have a uh, speaker uh, this month who she d- she has her own um, ho- own brand and she creates like these uh really cool like leather bags um and you know i i mean i like did not know her very well before like it was a friend that introduced us and she's super awesome like super interesting um and then i go to simon's and they have like a giant like thing with all of her products i'm like oh i guess she's pretty well known (laughs) that's pretty cool um so yeah i had like a really weird uh week there but that was fun like it's i think we've gotten to the level where um like people know about us and like kind of want to associate themselves with us and we have to do less work like selling people on why they should come to our event uh and the community has like been awesome like we've been selling out in less than 24 hours for a lot of our events that's awesome man yeah it's just been really great um one thing i'm like (laughs) i'm kind of working on right now is finding sponsors for our events because we're we're starting to do like more advanced things uh different locations and stuff like that and not all locations are created equal so like the location we're going to in december doesn't have chairs so we have to rent out chairs um and figure out like the entire system and like lay out the the whole venue um so it'll be fun but again these things are pretty expensive so um yeah like working on those that kind of side which chairs. is something I've never done before. Like figure out pricing for sponsorships and putting out decks and doing reach outs and back and forth. That's been, yeah, that's been kind of draining, but also kind of interesting learning experience. So yeah, that was my week. That's awesome, man. Uh, can you branch out and do an Amsterdam design club eventually, please? I would love that. I don't know if you know this, but I've done a design club in London. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Yeah. So the very first time I went to London, I organized, yeah, I organized an event. Um, I literally didn't know anybody. I just, I put it out there and then I reached, well, actually, I reached out to a few people to get speakers because <laughs> I didn't know anyone. Um, and that's where I, I met like a few folks. And actually, um, I saw Dem, who was one of our speakers at the Montreal, uh, or not Montreal, I guess, London <laughs> Design Club. Um, and he introduced me to a bunch of people, uh, used to work at us too. And he was there in Amsterdam when we did, um, went there for uh, the Loop conference. So super awesome oh, guy, yeah. met a bunch of people through that. Uh, and I definitely had that moment when we organized that event um where like right before the event we went to like uh uh, to get some beers and so i'm like just walking down the streets of london with like lots of like packs of beer (laughs) and i just had this out-of-body experience of like if i showed this to like me like five years before i would not believe what was going on (laughs) you know like in london like i've never been there before buying like lots of beer for this event that i'm putting together i would have been mind blown uh but yeah these things happen so who knows maybe yeah maybe i will organize something in amsterdam next time i visit design club world tour that would be awesome that'd be really cool cool. uh maybe we do our layout world world tour so who knows (laughs) who knows yeah so um 
don't know. I feel like this is like this is like a slow show <laughs> to get started, but I feel like there's just so much for us to, for us to catch up on. Uh, I'm just curious. I, I'm just asking this question like mm-hmm. out of the blue. Like I'm just curious, like about uh, some of your recent purchases. Like, have you purchased anything recently? <laughs> what makes you? <laughs> What makes you say that? Ask that. I don't. I don't know what you're saying. I don't know what you're trying to. I don't know. To, to I just. I just or... feel like you know you're in Amsterdam. Mm-hmm. You're like close to lots of things. Like maybe there's like some things that you might be buying that like maybe you said you wouldn't buy, but like you, uh, <laughs> okay, I, I totally told you that you would definitely buy them but then you maybe purchase them i don't know i'm not i'm just asking right. you know i'm just asking okay. questions i have no information here all right you you smart pants <laughs> uh first i never i never said that i wouldn't buy an ipad the new one mm-hmm. um is that what you're mm-hmm. trying to i don't know is that what you're going for uh so i never said i wouldn't buy it i said that i would you know i would need to play with them and even like not anytime on... soon <laughs> hey like I tweeted earlier, uh, we don't have Apple stores in Portugal. Guess what? Guess what they have, you know, in Amsterdam? Apple stores, uh, too. <laughs> so I walked into an I Apple know. store, <laughs> and I, and I, yeah, I, I bought the I bought an iPad. Um, <laughs> it's cool, man. It's cool. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I stand by my. So you got the eleven inch. I got the eleven inch. Uh, it was close, but I'm still like very sure of my decision. Um, like I still stand by my my what I said last week uh, that if you have an earlier model like the 10.5 or even maybe like any iPad Pro uh, model, even the 9.7, um, you definitely don't need this device. Like again, like I said, you can't do anything like new that you couldn't before. It just the experience is nicer, right? So you can still use a mm-hmm. keyboard, you can still use the the Apple Pencil, you can still, you know, do everything that iOS allows you to do. Uh, but then it's like maybe the keyboard is not as nice because it has a weird folding thing. Maybe the pencil is not as nice because it doesn't attach magnetically and have to charge it in a weird way. And maybe the screen is not as nice because it doesn't have it doesn't have promotion or whatever. So like you can still do exactly the same. It has the exact same shortcomings that iOS has. But the experience is nicer, right? And also, just right. from nerding out on industrial design, this this hardware feels amazing. It does yeah. feel like the new era, like Apple industrial design era. Like I, 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 I don't doubt that the new iPhone or um, it, it picks a lot of cues from the MacBooks. Actually, it's, it's more boxy, more more bold. Um, I actually feel like it looks like a Surface. Really? Oh, it seems like someone oh, saw yeah. Surface and was like, "Why don't we don't we make the iPad look like that?" <laughs> um, yeah, which is fine. Like I, I, I don't know. I like it. So no, I, I'm a fan. Yeah, I'm a fan. The, the keyboard, the dingus, whatever they call it, the smart because they changed the name, the Folio smart keyboard. Folio. I still like. I'm not a fan of this, honestly. And 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 it's better than the old one in some ways, but it's it's worse in others. I keep detaching mm-hmm. the the ipad from the i never remember how like where should i apply force to like prop it up or prop it out or what it's i don't know i only had it for a day so maybe i'll maybe i'll mm-hmm. get used to it who knows but um yeah and, and the, the the pencil like the texture 
it's way nicer like it's something that i mm. by reading on paper like oh and it's it's softer or whatever like i wouldn't think that was a big deal it, it, granted it's, it's not a big soft, deal but it does feel soft mat <laughs> <laughs> so yeah cool uh that's it I yeah i um i'm still using it <laughs> uh and i like it more than i thought again um this week i uh edited video on it <laughs> of oh, all shit. things um Dude, so what i'm surprised is not that you edited a video on ipad is that you edited a video <laughs> i know <laughs> so i've been putting this off for so long so i have uh video recordings of some of the talks from the montreal design club and um you know they just need some very light trimming <laughs> beginning mm-hmm. and like adding on like a sort of a bumper of like Montreal right. Design Club and right. then just posting to YouTube. Uh, and I've just been avoiding doing it for the longest time because I don't want like iMovie is like kind of a pain to work with and I need something a little bit more, but then I don't want to do Final Cut and it's just. Ugh. So, yeah, so I just I downloaded Luma Fusion on the on the iPad, mm-hmm. which is apparently the best uh, the best app. Yeah. Um, and it's like the reason I discovered this app was I watched a video. Um, Jonathan Morrison. From Jonathan Morrison, who I love was him. showing like his workflow um, on the iPad, and yeah, I was able to edit the video. It took me ten minutes, and I was done. And what's really great is Luma Fusion has like a share button that just shares straight to YouTube, like automatic upload everything, like. It was Pretty so cool. seamless, so great. You can import the footage from the either Dropbox or iCloud Drive, all that stuff. Like it was super easy. So yeah, two thumbs up. Honestly, I really like it. I'm gonna do all my video editing on the iPad going forward. All of the <laughs> <So> video editing. <laughs> all, all of the very infrequent video <laughs> editing that I have to do. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, honestly, this this was great. So cool, cool, yeah, cool. I like it. I yeah uh, I I gotta say something like uh, about the some of the annoyances that, that iOS still brings. I've been thinking a lot about this, and, and I think the like the le- the last uh, the straw that you know broke the camel's back or whatever the expression is, um, which by the way is so weird. By the way, it's a terrible picture. Imagining a camel's like breaking its back, like its spine. It's a terrible um, image. Uh, anyway, so uh, I was using, I was reading a, a paper doc, and I tried to comment on a paper doc, and everything just scrolls away, and and it's the experience like the the paper app is completely terrible. I can't edit stuff because the just the canvas keeps scrolling back, and then it's like out of the frame. You can't see what you're writing is weird. So I was like, you know what? This is Dropbox paper. It's fine. I'll just open it on Safari. Like uh, it can't be worse. Um, it is. <laughs> um, so oh, I've been yeah. thinking, yeah, sure. like, it, this isn't the solution. It's not the sweet solution. But <laughs> it would just allow for so much more if Safari on iOS on iPad was, like, actual Safari and not baby Safari, uh, like mobile Safari. Um, okay, so a couple of people have been saying this. Mm-hmm. And I'm curious, in what way... Do you feel like the iPad Safari is baby Safari? I can't tell you like what it is technically. And I okay. should cuz I work in the web scene. <laughs> cuz cuz I can tell you like one one of the differences. Like one is t- 
touch input versus mouse input. But that's which not means, mobile Safari per se, right? But well, it has to do is. different things because of it. So, yeah. for example, like there's lots of stuff in uh, normal Safari that like happen on hover, which on iOS have to do like you have to tap and then tap again. Yeah, <laughs> effectively, because like, right. you tap and then you get the like hover state and then you tap. Um, which honestly, I don't know what they can do here. Like maybe with I don't know, maybe with the pencil, like they could detect proximity to the screen or something. It's not. It's not just that. Like, that I, like I honestly, I don't know what it is, but like things just don't behave like they do on on a proper browser on a computer. In a sure, mm-hmm. like the the hover effect. I that's not a problem of the application that's the problem with the os and the input methods right you can't hover your finger <laughs> on the touch screen uh actually remember that phone that did that anyway um yeah yeah i don't remember which one um rip uh, probably but, a samsung phone. but also like you know drag dragging elements on the web you can't do that on, on mobile safari like so something like trello uh in where you drag cars around or github projects or stuff you can't do that on 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 mobile safari and stuff like yeah and and like i even netlify you know the product there are a couple of things you, you just can't do uh, and i i'm really like we are very conscious about so like there's nothing hidden behind a hover effect hover state because mm-hmm. not just for touch screens but also for a bunch of accessibility reasons uh, we don't want to hide anything behind all that type of interaction so so even though we are very mindful and we try to do our you know we do our best in that regard still there are a couple of things that you just can't do i can't drag and drop a folder in a thing uh i can't whatever um so yeah i'm not saying that that's the solution but if somehow apple made like a fork of mobile safari like leave mobile safari as is on the iphone but uh beef it up on an ipad uh i think that could solve a lot not you know not everything of course but that'll be a a long way should we stop talking about ipad this week i saw a tweet um by john gruber and in this case he's talking about ios but i think the same thing applies like regardless whether what platform you're designing for like a mobile platform or on the web uh and he was talking about um how you should never use no or yes for buttons in a confirmation dialogue um so the example that he's giving it's like confirm unlink are you sure you want to unlink dropbox um your existing whatever will not be touched and the, uh, like there's no and yes and it's like wait what's going to happen <laughs> when i click either of these um And it really got me thinking about how when I started as a designer, like I really didn't see content as something that I was good at or that I should be good at. I kind of felt like it was a very different responsibility and I would like try to do my best. Like I was never a person who used Lorem Ipsum a lot. Um, And the reason why I didn't use Lorem Ipsum was like, it very quickly became like a pattern that's like burned into my brain that doesn't even look like text anymore. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I have so, a lot of problems with lorem ipsum, but oh yeah, I can do like, that later. Yeah, but do, do people still use lorem ipsum? I haven't seen any mock up with lorem ipsum in forever. Because I, uh, I can see lorem ipsum for like use it for any marketing type of. 
page, for example, or like ah, blog then. page design or whatever, but like for UI, that means that whatever's written here, it's not important. What is important is the block of text. Mm-hmm. And that's completely right. backwards, uh, which is very much in theme with what yeah. we're about to talk about. But anyway, sorry, I digress. Yeah, no, totally. Um, so yeah, obviously, like Laura Mipsum, please ban that <laughs> from your thing. And that was part of my journey towards becoming more conscious of content strategy as a discipline and as like an important part of designing software um, or anything, honestly, for that matter. Um, so yeah, like I, one thing I realized is just how many problems that we think are design problems when they're actually content problems. Um, and oftentimes, like I find that as designers, like we tend to overcompensate for something like when the content's like not great we just like add icons and shadows and affordances and gestures and things and sometimes it's just like wait a minute but what if like this was just really clear <laughs> you know mm-hmm. and if we write like a couple words that are very clear then we don't need any of that other crap you know and we can focus on what really matters uh i'm kind of curious rafa like is that something that you've also sort of been like thinking about and how to like write and become better at writing content yes um it's been a journey from like at netlify at least uh from the beginning uh and so we always had like a not always but uh well a while back now we hired uh, someone like as a documentation engineer and so ever since then and so far that team has grown to two to three people now um so we work very closely in almost every single mock-up that i'm proposing or any type of ui that we're exploring um there's also always the the little tag on github we call it the copy club meaning we want someone also from the documentation team uh to like chime in and you know let's know from from a content from just pure copy is this clear enough can we do better is this in line with our current like content style guide tone and voice all of that um but not only that, like I always tried, I always strived for having a very like our, our current design system in product is very minimal. We don't have a lot of fancy interactions, UI elements. It's very much like it, it relies heavily on copy, um, and to a point in where sometimes the UI and layout can distract us, like you said, from just go back to basics is this copy clear enough can we solve this with a simple label can we solve this just being explicit and more straight to the point in what we're <laughs> communicating here um so we uh like recently ish uh maybe like four five months ago we started every single new like feature or new ui uh, uh exploration project we start with a simple like we write down our ui um so there's no rectangles that's awesome there's nothing like write it down <laughs> what do you want to say and and sure say like you know something something label confirmation dingus yes no uh move on you know so we just have just by having this written down just pure text uh layout um thing uh it has helped us immensely because you don't get distracted by all of the chrome around it right all of the flourishments all of the colors and you know get distracted by the ooh shiny um yeah. so like this is just by reading this like get rid of css 
get rid of CSS on your page. Does it make sense? Can you navigate? Um, so anyway, maybe this is going too deep, but <laughs> yeah, one um, one project where uh, we put a lot of focus on content was a project uh, that I was working on a couple couple months ago. Uh, we sort of like rethought the um, the email notifications you would get when you place an order. So, for example, like your order receipt or um, like some like your tracking number information, stuff like that. Um, and we really started there, like with just writing down what should we say? <laughs> um, and that was like really interesting because to me at first I was like, I mean, the, the information is pretty simple. Like that's what we should say. But we realized that, oh, wait a minute, like the the different um, carriers that we work with for shipping, for example, have different wordings for the same mm. thing and like all have their own system. So like, oh, wait, we can't just show like what the carrier gives us as what the status is because they're not consistent and they don't make sense to people. So we like started, like we created the system where we uh, interpret the status oh, and shit. sort of reef re like write it <laughs> in a sense so they reinterpret the thing like you have a database of like from this yeah, carrier so this means this <laughs> yeah so they basically return us like a string that's their text with mm. some sort of code for what that means I so see. for the same code different carriers and even the same carrier like there's some cases where they have different text that it's just like more confusing than anything right um and so we've created a system that basically takes the code of where you're at, like what your status is, and we're providing our own version of that uh, writing to be clearer, more descriptive, uh, and honestly, cool. like shorter. <laughs> um, because like very often, like they just go on and on about nothing. Um, and then another thing that we've done that was very useful um, and that I would never have thought to do myself, like we obviously like got to work with content strategists on this project, um, was really do a lot of thinking around the su what the subject line should be. So we did a lot of drafts with a lot of different ideas for, okay, should we start with the store name or should we have like the order number or start like do a sentence or should we do something? Start with an like emoji. Little, that that like, always shorter. works. Start with an emoji, right? Like all these things and we would actually like send out an email in our inbox um and try to see so like every couple of days like we would send different ones and we'd just look at it like normally in our inbox to see like okay do i have enough information there um we also uh tried something that was really important to us is like people often search back um to previous you know previous receipts so say you get your product and you're like ah, actually like this is not right like i need to return it I need to like go and find my receipt. Um, so it was really important for us to make it easy to search so that if you have multiple orders from the same company, that it's easy to know like which one is which um, and try to find mm. it. So like, and those are in a sense, like they're design problems. Like they're about the user's experience. Like they're yeah. not a, like a, I mean, in a sense, they're exercise in writing, but it's like, you're not really writing prose. Like you're not writing a blog post or not writing a, a poem like it's actually like very close to the experience that the, the person's going to get so obviously like i can't recommend recommend working with a content strategist more 
I've been have been lucky enough to get to work with content strategists. But what I want to tell people is you don't have to work with a content strategist. Um, you like this is a thing that you can own and get better at. And like, trust me, like I wasn't good <laughs> to begin with. I'm like I'm a francophone, like English is my second language. So I was struggling almost even more. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in a sense, that can sometimes be a strength. So for me, the fact that I wasn't super experienced in English made me like simplify the language mm-hmm. of our product to make sure that someone like me could like would have no problem understanding it. Um, and I just hope that like as many designers as possible, like try to take a, take a stab at thinking about the content, not just like, you know, not just writing the first thing you, you say, or, uh, or the first thing you you'd think would be there, or if you're taking something that already has content, like try to think like, does that make sense? Like, do I understand what's going on? And if not, try to articulate why. Um, and you can obviously like read a lot about this and like, we have some documentation for um, Polaris, our style guide of like the different things to look for. Um, so that can be a resource. Um, but just like try to understand like for yourself, like the same way you would give d- feedback on design, like try to understand, oh, maybe it's the tone that's different or maybe it's uh, they're uh, like front loading the action or or basically putting the action further down. So it's like harder to, to know, like as you're beginning, you begin reading what the point of the sentence is uh maybe there is a lack of consistency like try to develop that language around content um to be able to form your opinion and i like i'm telling you like you if you spend a little bit of time on this every week you'll become so much more articulate when it comes down to content and it's going to make your designs so much better so that's sort of my plea for designers out there um try like content i know it's scary but Take a stab at it. Try to get better at it. And ask people for feedback on it. Like so many times I see like in design reviews or feedback sessions, people are like, oh, like don't give me feedback on content. Like there's going to be a pass later. Mm-hmm. It's like, why not? You yeah, know, that's <laughs> like that's part yeah. of the experience. Like take that feedback and get that experience. And you can take that as far as you can before handing it over to a, another person who can like polish it and make it better. But it is. 100% part of the experience and therefore should be treated as your own work. I'm totally going totally to say this, but so what you're saying is design is not how it looks. Design is not how it works. Design is how it reads, I guess, how it sounds. Yes, you heard it here first, folks. Exclusive layout, hot take. Design is <laughs> how, how it reads. Hey, uh, a bit of a, an aside What's your opinion on using emoji in UI, like in labels, like maybe in a button or something? Because I am, I am, uh, I'm not sure, honestly. Okay, so if you're doing iOS, your app's going to get rejected. So that's not I, true. But yeah, lots of apps got rejected for using no, emoji. No, they, in they UI. get rejected because they use emoji as icons. Well, you can use so emoji is 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 supposed to be like text, right? So if you have a label, you okay. can have you can totally have like something something emoji label. That's fine. But if you use, for example, if you have like a like on your nav bar, your tab bar, let's say, and you use emoji as icons, that's going to get rejected because that's not okay. But not case. if you use it like as part of a label. 
No, that was fun. Like if it, it's if it's used as text, that is all right. Um, but like, say you have like in your um, your nav bar, like you have save and then the green check mark emoji, like in the same string. Would that be good? Or I no? think so. Okay, well, okay. Anyways, <laughs> like uh, I can give you one very uh, concrete example. I think I think emoji can work in in UIs. Like it has to fit with your style. I think like yeah, it wouldn't like it wouldn't really fit for Shopify, for example. Like it's just yeah. not like it just clashes with our style a little bit a little bit. But some some apps and I'm like trying to think of examples and I can't come up with any off the top of my head. But I know some well, services Slack. use them. Slack is you know very well known. Right. For using a bunch of emoji. Um, yeah, and I think it works super well. Yeah, agreed. So, because I've been I've been slowly trying to like slip in some emoji here and there. I might be wrong. Maybe we eventually eventually shipped one emoji here or there, but it's always like on marketing marketing ish parts of the UI, like maybe announcing a new feature or something. Um, but I know that we did use for Netlify Drop, which is like a separate product. It's like a, it's like a, a different way for you to just deploy instead of signing up on Netlify, you know, creating a site, whatever, whatever, connecting to GitHub. We can just drag and drop a folder to Netlify Drop, and that you know your site is live. So anyway, it was already a more approachable project mm-hmm. from the get go. Like that's the point. It's supposed to be. Um, it is also replacing an older product that we had, even like pre Netlify days, called BitBalloon. Which is also very like friendly and you know um, approachable. So anyway, the, we used uh, uh, emoji there, and maybe I like I got the bug, and I'm like, ah, I like <laughs> it because <laughs> you know one example that I've been playing with is like it's very simple. You have a form, you're like setting up your, you're creating a new site, so you're setting up all of your you know preferences and stuff, and then with the deploy site. I've been playing with like having deploy site and having the zap emoji, whatever, like the thunderbolt nice. thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that one. By the way, my favorite emoji, I think, is the zap and the sparkles, like the little the three sparkle stars. Mm. Love it. Um, so anyway, so I, I think it looks emoji? cool, and it's like it's yellow and it's good contrast to get that again that that against the green. It looks cool, but also something that maybe we don't think enough uh is that emoji is part of unicode it's part of the font <laughs> and and part of the not necessarily the font but part of the os so if you're going to use emoji at least test it against the emoji that you have on windows android and yeah. linux and emojis i just always look awful in all other platforms <laughs> It's usually like okay-ish, as long as you don't use like smiley faces or some like. Yeah, well, it feels like Google more got rid of the blobs. <laughs> Those were they horrific. Did. But dude, Microsoft's like they have a very thick stroke yeah, like outline. Yeah, they are. Yeah, it's all yeah. So anyway, it's another thing to take into consideration. But I was just, I was just, you know, I was just. There's one more reason why I could it. never use Windows. <laughs> Side dishes. Okay, so one thing that I want to talk about really quickly mm-hmm. um, is I don't know if you got 
to uh, look at the show notes. So uh, we have a I, bunch of things to talk in, like in the document. Uh, we're uh-huh. probably not going to talk about all. We're probably not going to get through everything. No, so we'll, do, we'll do a little selection. Right. So you pick um, one and then I pick another one because I don't want to talk to you about this. Okay. Um, so there's this one article from The Pudding, which is <laughs> a new website, I guess, that I had never heard of before. Uh, it's at pudding.cool. <laughs> there you are. Great domain name. Um, and um, the article that I put into the show notes is called are pop lyrics getting more repetitive? Uh, and what they have here is this really cool uh, analysis, basically, of all kinds of different pop songs over the years. Uh, and they have this sort of algorithm to determine, like, how can you tell that something is repetitive? Um, so one of the things that they mention in uh, sort of at the beginning of the article is that, like, you can use the same words but like sometimes you can combine the words in a different way that makes it less repetitive than if you're just repeating the same sentence over and over again. So like just counting the number of words that are the same is not a good way to determine if a song is more repetitive. Um, so the way they look at it is like how easy it is to compress. Um, so anyways, like you should really go and look at the website like they have this like really great animation that shows you kind of the different steps that they're going through to try to compress the lyrics um and then you can see basically like the average song um how like repetitive it or how you can compress it uh and then you can see like some some songs for example cheap thrills uh is very (laughs) compressible uh and like uh this es- essay like this whole article um uh, is like very uncompressible <laughs> um and then you can look by decade uh, oh man this see, like, this what, cracked me what up. are the most repetitive songs so like the number one is around the world by half <laughs> punk uh for obvious yeah, reasons no shit <laughs> um it's the title but, <laughs> the lyrics yeah, it, is the title basically yeah <laughs> Um, so it, they, they have all these cool visualizations. You can also see over the years, um, like our songs getting more repetitive, uh, spoiler alert. Yes, <laughs> they do get repetitive. Uh, but one thing you also see is like most of the hits tend to be the most repetitive songs. So even like on any given year, the sort of like the most successful songs are more repetitive than the average uh which is kind of interesting like Mm -hmm. that ties into like how you will remember that song um and then they you can even see like who who's the worst offender (laughs) who has the most repetitive lyrics and who has the least repetitive lyrics uh rappers tend to do pretty good on that front yeah um because obviously sheer amount of words used right yes exactly uh anyways fantastic article i just love this like it's interactive you can like look at all sorts of different artists and um like hover over the things and see all that stuff i i really really love the style of hey like let's deep dive on this question and give you answers um but it made me think about one thing so this article makes it clear that uh, pop lyrics are getting more repetitive. Do you think that uh, like 
product design is getting more repetitive. Ooh, okay, wait, wait. If you like can't say iOS apps or websites, like, do you think that they are getting more repetitive over time? I just got like slapped on the face. I did not see this one coming. <laughs> uh, oof. Okay. Uh, hot takes. Uh, can I before? Like, yes, that's a very interesting question. I want to answer that. Um, but before we move away from pop songs and all this repetitiveness, repetitiveness, um, this remind me of this one song by Bo Burnham, the the comic. Um, in where it's called repeat stuff and it's making fun of uh, pop you know pop songs in where the chorus is repeat stuff and so the chorus of that song is repeat stuff repeat stuff repeat stuff repeat stuff that that's <laughs> repeat stuff 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 yeah repeat stuff But guess what? That's the only chorus that I memorized, you know, <laughs> out of all of his songs. That's the only thing that I actually rem- like memorized, which is testament. You know, it works. It's effective. Um, mm-hmm. And maybe now we can bring in the design as well. Like repetitive repetitiveness. I can't say the word. Jesus. Hi. It's late. Um, <laughs> like it's it's effective. You know, if you want. If you're trying to convey a message, if you're trying to, you know, sell something, if you're, that's why, like ads, you get that one like slogan and you just repeat it because you're hoping right. that it will get into, you know, the subconscious of, of someone uh, and you will never forget, you know, um, uh, and like the same thing for 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 like jingles and stuff. You will sometimes you're, you know, you remember a jingle from your childhood, like this one ad that you saw in a commercial on television. Uh, like comes out of the blue so like repeating stuff is effective at making sure that you don't forget it <laughs> but right it's also it also has a component of familiarity to it so if i sing a very uh, easy repeatable chorus by the time the second chorus comes in you probably you can probably sing along like it's it's right. easy to get familiar with it um and like sure this is i think it's more uh, this article is more uh, focused on uh, lyrics but like a beat just a simple like drum beat it's repetitive you have like four bars yeah. and you repeat that forever um i think you know there's yeah, a bunch there's of also, theories why we they like call that it the millennial loop or something like that have you heard of this um it was an article on the vox oh millennial whoop <laughs> um Whoop. There's some there's some theories around like why that is so effective to humans. Uh, the one that I that I remember is that like there's some theories that because while we are like before we we're born and we're still like in our mother's womb, one of the few things that you can distinctively like make out and hear is uh, your mom's uh, heartbeat. And a heartbeat huh. by by nature is a repetitive like it's a you know, it's a beat. It's a repetitive sound. Um, and so effectively you are becoming a human by listening, you know, to a steady beat. Um, so I don't know how, like, how much of this actually matters or is just some fancy voodoo, uh, magic, but uh, I think it was, it was interesting. So going back to design. Oh, sorry. Real time follow up. So the thing I was talking about is called the millennial whoop and it's this kind of like, 
<laughs> that you hear in basically every pop song. Uh-huh. Uh, so put a link in the show notes. Uh, you can go watch nice. the video. Uh, yeah, I th- pretty crazy. Like when you see the video, like video. back to yeah. back, you're like, holy shit. Like all these songs are the same. So, yeah, even the beats. I remember we had a phase in the early 2000s, well, 2010s, um, in where we had shouting like, hey, ho, like the Lumineer song and all. Like, I feel like for like, for for two, (laughs) yeah, (laughs) oh, geez. Um, Like for two years, every song had like a, hey, somewhere. (laughs) But anyway, I digress. Going back to design. Um, I think the answer is yes. Everything is becoming more the same and repetitive and everything looks the same. Um, but I I believe that's part of progress in how everything really goes. Like the trend is to narrow it down and like until everything looks the same because if you're very like if you go against the norms and against of what everyone else is doing then you are alienating, alienating, or whatever. Then like people don't know how to interpret it's your product, and I'm talking about more UI, right? So like your product, it's not familiar. They don't know. If all of a sudden you're like, oh, I know, I'm going to be different, and I'm going to break the norm, and my nav bar is going to be at the bottom, then guess what? People are going to try to use your website, and they're like, how the hell do I navigate in this thing? Close it, you know? So it's a it's a mm-hmm. very tricky thing if you want to be different and original, um, it's 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 a it's a high risk that you're taking, and you can say like, the, I think this is just because the 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 whole industry is becoming more mature. So we have we have tried a bunch of shit, and that's why when everything like when something's new, a new platform, a new whatever, you see all crazy experiments, and everyone's trying to figure out like what's the best way to do something, and you have a lot of innovation. Uh, but then guess what? People learn and people figure out what works. And what doesn't? And so we start narrowing it down, and everything looks the same because that's what works. So yeah, that's my take. Yeah, I think that makes sense. Um, what I think on that question is, I feel like it really depends on your time horizon for this, because I think if you look at the last like what like ten, fifteen years, I think if if you look at the websites today and the websites back then. The websites today are probably more different and less repetitive than they were back then. But it was it's mostly because of technical limitations. I doubt that. <laughs> Whereas like like ten years ago, like it was much, much harder to do different things on the web than it is today, where there's an infinity of possibilities and there's so But I want much I want more. to challenge that assumption though. I'm not sold on that. So, but what I think, if you look at like the last like three to five years, absolutely, like things are getting a lot more consolidated. So this is not UI, but it's I still think it's a valid argument here. Um, if you take the top ten biggest tech companies, take their logos and compare it to their yeah. logos like fifteen, ten years ago. Most of these companies probably weren't around <laughs> 15 years ago, but like, 10 years ago. Every single logo now is, you know, a sans serif, <laughs> very minimal, 
Like, remember, like, the Yahoo's logo? What the hell was that shit? Even, like, Google had, like, well, weird colors and, like, their serif typeface. And th- yeah, ev- everything was bonkers because people were trying to, to stand out, right? Mm-hmm. And now I feel like that's not the trend. <laughs> people are trying to right. become more in line with what people expect and what, what is considered uh, cool or, or modern, mm-hmm. whatever you want to but again, I feel like a lot of that, and maybe I get, I'm getting my timing wrong, but I feel like a lot of that um, sort of unification of design, for the lack of a better word, has mm-hmm. happened in the last like three to five years. A lot before that, I felt like it, it it just like expanding that there was just more that got added, and like video became more of a thing, and like different things. And I agree, like if you look at just the logos, like yeah, maybe, but everything else around them uh i feel like maybe was has more differences and then like yeah in the last five years it's just like okay everyone's the same do you think maybe could it could it be because ever since we 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 got you know ever since flat design became the thing we removed a bunch of stuff out of everything and so all of a sudden you have basic shapes typography and color and that's what you have to work with right in a way yeah yeah i think so and i feel like but but in a sense it's like we've discovered what at least as of right now seems like it work works best for the web like i think frank uh chimero had the an article as like the the grain of the web yeah that is like we've hit on something that feels right for the medium and so everyone's just like gravitating towards that um, and that doesn't mean that we're at the the peak, you know. It's just it's just that it's it's the closest we found yet. We might find something else later on, and watch out because everyone will be jumping on those trends. I guess we'll see, like in a couple years, um, if like this simplification and this idea that like quote unquote flat design is like closer to the truth <laughs> in a way of like what the the web and what screens want to be mm-hmm. or if it's more like the fashion cycle and like things go in and out of style um and then that if for example uh skeuomorphic uis would come back um and people would like you know design like that again i don't know i'm very curious about it i think i think it's a mix of both honestly like mm-hmm. there's certain elements that are purely like it's like it's like fashion right it's just styles and what do we value and stuff but also i think the platform the the hardware also influences a lot of how you what works and what doesn't right uh maybe now if you're designing ui a web ui you can't really use super small tap targets and like elements right (laughs) um maybe add you know maybe don't make just simple text to the link Maybe make a link look like something you can actually tap on. Um, <laughs> or you make a button look like a link. <laughs> hey. <laughs> actually, it's, that's, uh, it's that's more, some deep cut right there. Layout like reference. Anchor link class button, which... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Everyone does it, but like I'm, I'm not a fan. Still. All okay, right. Okay, um, enough about this article. There's yes. one last thing that I want to talk about okay. very briefly. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to talk about this Wall Street Journal article. Um, 
<laughs> Title is um, Amazon employees join the rush to buy Long Island city condos. I don't know if you've seen this article. Have you? No. 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 Okay. So you're aware that Amazon has gone through this like entire sort of circus <laughs> to basically decide <laughs> yep. which uh which city um and state will be hosting their new um sort of headquarter office. Yes. Okay. HQ. So Yes. And so they've decided um uh, that it would be um I think it's like a mix in like one city and then Long Island. I thought it was like Brooklyn, but or or not. something like that. But definitely like one part is in uh, Long Island. No, wait, it's in Long Island and another one in uh Washington, I believe. Um hmm. so anyways. <laughs> So what this article is talking about is that there's two Amazon employees who decided to buy um, like condo units um, before the first sort of press r- reports came out that Amazon mm. like wanted to choose Long Island. So just like stock market, right? <laughs> Effectively, because now the price has gone up significantly. Um, is it yeah. went way up because now there's like thousands of people. Like I forget if they have it in the article, but like they're going to have thousands and thousands of employees in this office. Uh, and all of a sudden, like that just like <laughs> really changes the landscape. Um, and apparently lots of lawyers uh, looked into this <laughs> and it's like, well, while they're not allowed to buy and sell stocks based on non-public information, you can do whatever the hell you want with real estate. <laughs> And it's this kind of fascinating situation, in my opinion, of like, I, I don't know if it's a loophole or what, like, but it, it seems like it shouldn't be allowed. <laughs> but it uh-huh. seems definitely smart, like a smart move on their end, for sure. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know what to make of this, but it's <laughs> very interesting. I don't know what to say. Uh, it is, like, but I don't blame them. Like, it's pretty... If you know that, you know, Amazon is going to build the headquarters in this city, and if you work there, you know that you're probably going to have to find a place <laughs> to, you know, to live, and you know prices are going to go up. Oh, but so do you mean like Amazon employees just just you know bought condos for like as an investment and not really to to you know to use? The article doesn't say. Um, okay. I, I I would guess that it's to actually move there um Mm -hmm. but yeah i don't know it's like because i think if you compare the price that they were uh when they bought this and you compare the price today there would be significant difference (laughs) in the prices Mm -hmm. so i don't know Uh, yeah uh smart move (laughs) but it does make me curious like um of the potential dangers of that like i mean now you know that a more common practice you know that now Wall Street is looking at, you know, the housing market and look <laughs> if there's any surge. Yeah, because... Yeah. Okay, like, yeah. Here's another thing. Like, what if Amazon, the company, like, just bought out all these, like, I don't know, condo buildings or whatever all of a sudden? I guess people would pick up on that pretty fast. <laughs> but um, yeah. they're kind of using their sort of inside information and or strength to greatly profit i don't know there's something there's something messed up about that anyways that's it 
Uh, I just wanted to mention it. All right. Go read the article. Um, Very, very interesting. Links in the show Uh, notes. Okay, let's do recommendations. Rafa. All right. Uh, If you follow me on Twitter, this comes to you as no surprise. Uh, I'm recommending uh, the game Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu or Pokemon Let's Go Eevee. Uh, and with a, like a bonus uh, recommendation, the Pokeball Plus controller, whatever they call it. Um, so, first of all, if you haven't played Pokemon when it came out, like Pokemon Red and Blue or Yellow, back in the day in your Game Boy, if you haven't played that and that's something that really doesn't excite you, this game is not for you. For the rest of everyone... <laughs> <laughs> that I, you know literally it, it, anyone else on the planet <laughs> if you played pokemon i i you know i so i played pokemon red a million times and i was i don't know how, like maybe 7 years old something like that uh 8 years old who knows um like i didn't know english that's for sure and pokemon red was actually probably one of the biggest game like the biggest influence in me learning english cuz you it was not localized, so good luck. And it's mainly mm. text; like there's no voice acting because you know it's a <laughs> that's not a thing in a Game Boy. Um, so like everything, you just had to go buy um, the copy. Which, by the way, content strategists, you know how important content is. Um, and so, so anyway, I played a game so much, uh, and then I I played. Uh, gold and silver and then crystal and then all the other games i just played on emulators because then i didn't have a gay boy advanced or whatever and then when fire red and leaf green came out the remakes of the original games guess what i was attacked by this wave of nostalgia and i played it all again and i loved it and so this game i wasn't very excited because i just thought you know from you know, before it was actually announced and all, I just thought this was like a like a Pokemon Go version, but for the Switch, they were like capitalizing on the success of Pokemon Go. So all of the non gamers, you know, I don't want to sound you know snobbish, but like <laughs> people just play Pokemon Go, like like my my mom and my sister and all those people, like oh, this is a way to get them to spend more money and buy this game for the Switch. Uh, but it's not. Right. This game is a proper amazing remake of pokemon yellow which came out in 1998 maybe something like that a while back and so it's a remake all in 3d all the graphics upgrades uh it's on a switch big plus um with it just has it has like three main differences uh which might be appealing or a turn off for you if you're like a diehard fan of the series first Catching Pokemon, like the mechanics is very different. Like you don't actually battle the Pokemon like you you did in the previous games or actually all the games uh, apart from uh, Go. In where, so if you're catching a Pokemon, like a wild Pokemon, the only thing you do is like, is is exactly like you do in Pokemon Go. So you throw Pokeballs, you can throw berries and whatever, whatever. Um, That's a big difference and a lot of people might not like that. But it just makes the game way more approachable and more like like diverse. It's not always the same thing like battling. Um, it just makes it just adds more diversity to the gameplay, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Right. Um, second is you don't get like uh, random encounters. Meaning before, if you were like walking down the bushes, every once in a while, like boom, the screen ah. flashes and there's a Pokemon, and you get that was what you get. Cool, though. 
Yeah, it's been a thing, like, it's a big staple of what made a Pokemon game a Pokemon game. Um, mm-hmm. This time, like, Pokemon, you see the actual Pokemon in, you know, in the grass. So you can decide not to, you know, go to it and, like, not trigger the the battle, or not the battle, the catching thing. So if you're looking for a specific type of Pokemon, like, I don't want to fight or, like, skip uh, you know, 20 PGs to get that one Pikachu that's kind of rare. I can just walk mm-hmm. around, I see them popping up, and I can decide not to engage or engage. That is a very welcome change that I wish, I really hope that they will keep that for the next game that's going to come out uh, next year. Um, right. And third, third is like, the game itself is more approachable and it's it's it moves faster. So for example, you know, um, if you want to grind and like just you know, train all your Pokemons. You had to put your weak Pokemon first. So effective, like, you know, get the experience points right now, every single Pokemon in your party gets points. So it's easier to level up and upgrade and move. The game is just shorter and it's easier to advance. Overall, this game is like introducing Pokemon being very approachable to a lot of new players. And if you're uh, an old player, it hits you with nostalgia. So I think it's amazing. Amazing. This is an amazing game. So Yeah. But if you don't care for Pokemon, don't get it. Well, yeah. <laughs> maybe get it. This, this is a good intro, so whatever. <laughs> Buy it. <laughs> right. If I had a Switch, but... Well, you got, we got you a PS4, so, um, you know. One step at a time. <laughs> one step at a time. One day. Uh, but one day, yeah, sure. Uh, so my recommendations this week um, is very um, movie-focused. So I've seen two movies recently that I really enjoyed, um, that I want to talk about. So the first one is Black Klansman. Um, and it's this movie, uh, directed by Spike Lee. Um, and it's this African American police officer, um, from Colorado who basically, um, like you kind of get to see like his struggles, like being part of the police is sort of the first, uh, black person to be in the police. Um, and then at one point he successfully manages to infiltrate, um, their sort of local, uh, Ku Klux Klan, um, and become sort of involved with that, uh, well, like huge air, air quotes here, like organization. Um, that, that's how, well, that's how they call it in the movie bit. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, so, uh, this was a fantastic movie. Like, really, really enjoyed it. Like, the characters are great. Um, it's, like, they do some really interesting things. Like, I don't, don't want to spoil it. Um, but there are some stylistic choices about this movie that I think are very smart and really well done. Um, and it's, like, it like you feel like it could be, like, a really, like, intense and sort of depressing movie um and some parts of it are uh but there's also like some like a little bit of humor a little bit of like it's it's still like it's an enjoyable movie um yeah and also adam driver is in it yes adam driver is in it um and um i did not know the other actor but uh the main actor in in this case uh which i believe is uh uh, john david washington uh he's amazing (laughs) he's really really good so uh yeah fantastic movie 
Um, and then my second recommendation for this week uh, is a movie that I actually watched yesterday uh, and really enjoyed as well uh, is Molly's Game. Um, so this is the story of Molly Bloom, which is a real person. Um, <laughs> she exists uh, and is effectively like exactly the same as the movie portrays her uh which is kind of interesting um so she's a former uh olympic skier um that eventually turns uh into well sorry she gets a job as like an executive assistant for this sort of shady guy uh and then at one point he asks her to run this uh these poker games uh in this basement and she doesn't really have a ton of experience at this point but she's like you know i'll figure it out uh so she starts doing that and she basically becomes the person who runs all these like games uh, where Spoilers. people like play really high stakes. And I don't know. It's, it's, it's I feel like it's part of, you know, it's, <laughs> it's like fun. the premise of the story. Yeah, I guess. So I love this movie. Um, mostly like in the way that it's done, like huge kudos to Aaron Sorkin on this one. I just find that it's like very much a character's movie and that I was like immediately like from the first second of this movie extremely invested in what was going to happen. Um and just like a great way of telling story. Uh there's some narration, the dialogues are incredible. Um it's just very good. Um mm-hmm. and like just to me very fascinating. Um like the I enjoyed it so much that after this movie I like went and looked at interviews with the real Molly Bloom because I was very curious. Mm-hmm. Um and it's super interesting. Like there's no there's not much different either either she's really good at like spinning a story, which is very possible, or there's not much differences between her real story and what they've told in the movie. Mm-hmm. Like it's pretty like there's not much that was that's been like dramatized for this movie. Um I do have criticisms for it, which like I can't really go too much in detail. Uh, but I felt like the ending was like not the ending was not my favorite. Um, but I won't tell you why because I don't want to spoil it. But uh, it was if all you watch a it, dream all along. If if you watch it, just know that <laughs> it's not. I don't love the ending. Um, but <laughs> otherwise, like fantastic movie. So. Like seeing these two movies this week uh, made me fall in love with movies again. Oh, I feel like I've just been watching so many TV shows lately, and I'm kind of getting tired of that a little bit. And I just enjoy now, like, have this newfound appreciation for okay, this is just going to be like an hour and a half or two hours, and then that will be it. <laughs> like, we'll be done with it. So, um, yeah, check them out. Cool, great recommendations. I've seen both, uh, and I love them both, especially Molly's Game. I feel like that's a better movie out of yeah. the two. Uh, I like. Here's the thing that I I really like in movies is is when the characters are very clever, and so that's why yeah. I like like heist movies in where you know they are being super clever. Like, ah, I haven't thought of that. Ah, I, you tricked me. Like, I that's that's mm-hmm. what I love to see. And although Molly's Game is not like a heist movie or anything like that, mm-hmm. it's it's like she's a she's very clever and she's like she's yeah. boss it's like how did she do this <laughs> yeah so you know i love i love that so great mm. movies uh great recommendation i also feel that made me realize i really like aaron sorkin's work mm-hmm. like yeah, movies he's, he's worked on social network 
uh, Moneyball, a few good men. Uh, even Steve Jobs, like, actually liked his uh, version of the Steve Jobs movie. Um, I know many people that like Apple stuff don't like this movie, but I actually really enjoy it. Like, I find that kid, most of his movies, like, are very character-driven and <laughs> have really good dialogues, which are things that I highly value in, in movies. So, yeah, great stuff. All right, all these links, you can find links for all this in the show notes. And uh, But Rafa, what are show notes? Show notes is for, if you're just new to podcasts, hi, I hope you enjoy this show. Um, if you're listening to this on your phone or whatever, you know, there's documents, there's links, there's stuff that you can see, uh, hopefully. Um, if not, you can check out our website. Everything's there as well. Uh, you can do so by visiting layout.fm. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter if you want. We are at layout.fm. And I am at Rafa Hari. Kevin is at Vernal Kick. And uh, lastly, this show is part of Spec FM Network. So if you're looking for more shows to listen to, uh, check them out at spec.fm on the webs. I want to give a special shout out for everyone I, I've, I've met uh, this week here in Amsterdam. Special shout out to uh, Ryan and uh, to Alex. And I met Owen. Uh, and I met Juan. And I met Frederick. And I met. And all the other people that I met. <laughs> Jesus, I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, poor person that didn't get named. What if they listen to the show? They don't listen to the show. If they do... <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, screw them. <laughs> uh, I had one too many margaritas. Um, yeah, thanks so much. All the, oh, I, I went to... I, I joined a, like a run club today. Ooh. Ryan. It was great. It was in my knee didn't die. So that was positive. That's good. But anyway... Uh, damn it. I... By the way, if I forgot someone, it's 1 a.m. right now. And I've, hey, check this out. I'm going to check out how many steps I took today. Do you want to give me a number? you want to try to guess? Um, 15,000? That's your guess? Yeah. I took 33,000 steps today. Whoa. So proof. I am tired, folks. So... <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening. <laughs>
that intro sequence effectively to when she dies. I, when I beat the game, so I finished the game, I was floored. I was, it really shook me. And I immediately started a new game from the beginning again. Like, again, let's do it again. Ah, uh, nice. And the second time coming, that intro hit me way harder because by, by the second time you're playing that, your connection to Joel, like you just you just spent more right. time with this car- this character, mm-hmm. you feel closer to this character. So his loss in that intro sequence, like it hits me, it hit me way harder the second time coming. I cried, like it, it was rough. <laughs> Damn, amazing game. That's very cool though that a game can do that. Um, and yeah, there's lots of really cool details. Oh, I'm not not very far. I'm like mm-hmm. sort of the first mission i guess <laughs> call it okay so you're um, still with the uh, what's her name chess Tess? the Tess? little girl oh with the uh, wait i guess i get yeah may i guess i'm further than the first mission um yeah i'm like now i'm with the little girl that i need to take outside the city or something okay ellie so yeah something like that Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, but I'm I'm really looking forward to playing more. It's just like I've been the same way that I was scared that this would ruin my productivity. Like it totally hasn't. <laughs> um, nice. But the my biggest problem now is like I actually want to find time to play. <laughs> That's good. Because um, like, I actually like want to sit and like sometimes I I like have like 15 minutes or like half an hour. I'm like ah, no like I. I need like some good amount of like focus time to like play and enjoy this game. So yeah, trying to sort that out, but uh, very good. I like it. Cool. I'm glad you're enjoying it. Again, it's a very special. We're game gonna for me. we're gonna make me a gamer. Crazy. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Sweet. Okay. It's pretty really like, out. You, so the gamer was inside you all along. 